Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And today's an exciting interview. I have had one other heart-centered leader within the culinary management sector on my podcast early on, and that was Victoria Fabio. And today, I'm excited to introduce you to Jeff Metz. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is the president and CEO of Metz Culinary Management. Jeff has over 30 years in the restaurant business, as well as extensive operational knowledge within the hospitality industry, including employee retention, relation management, operational excellence, and outstanding client partnership and communication skills. Jeff began his career as a sales rep with H.J. Hines Company, and then he later joined the Mets Group as manager for the Toms River, New Jersey, TGI Fridays, increasing their sales and guest satisfaction. His industry knowledge is massive, and I'm very, very excited. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Deb. Appreciate it. I have so many questions. I had to narrow them down. So I'm going to ask you four leadership questions. So are you ready? Okay, I am. 2020, Jeff, has been such an impactful year with COVID. And I know it's especially hit the hospitality industry. So how has METS Culinary Management sustained operations? And did you have to get innovative in implementing new strategies or share with us a little bit about how things have been for you since March. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, no, this year has been, it's been a crazy year for, for our industry. Um, and it's, and it's still pretty crazy. Um, you know, we, we started off the year and, you know, uh, Mets Culinary Management is a, um, is a food service management company. Uh, based out of Pennsylvania. And I'll tell you, the following year or the previous year, we had, uh, we were a thriving company. Things were really on the upswing. We were really growing in the top 50 food management companies. We were ranked 15th, which is a great spot for us to be. Um, We're operating in 22 states uh, from Maine to Florida on the East Coast. And and all that came crashing to a halt uh, early on in the year. And uh, obviously with... um, the things in the world and with COVID, uh, it's been very, very traumatic for our business. Um, you know, we were in the process of, um, you know, growing our business and, and I can talk a little bit more later about exactly what we do. Um, but really it became an issue about, you know, the safety of our employees, the safety of our, um, our partners who are in the field. Uh, we also own and operate restaurants. So, uh, we were worrying about the safety of our, our team members in the restaurants, also um, the guests that come in. And um, 
And so it got really tricky when, um, you know, the government stepped in and um, they had to make some hard decisions about closing restaurants down and uh, our businesses down. Um, and so we were really in a tough position to uh, figure out what do we do? How do we, how do we continue to move? And, um, and it was a, a very, uh, very interesting time for us. And it's still, I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, it was changing on an hourly basis almost. And um, we were making decisions on the fly. Um, and, um, and so yeah, it's really kind of changed the way we, we thought about our business. We had to kind of reimagine how we feed people. Uh, for an example, uh, a lot of places that we would operate, whether it be a hospital, a K through 12, whether it be a college, university, or a corporate dining account, um, we got to the situation where, you know, we'd have salad bars in every location. Um, all of a sudden, those things became obsolete. So now we had to find new ways to kind of feed, you know, college kids, how we had to feed um, hospital workers. And as you can imagine, you know, hospitals uh, became really the, the, the forefront of everything that people were, were doing, because that's where the, the people were in the hospitals. And so, you know, our teams, I was so proud of our, our healthcare team. They just did such an amazing job taking care of people and really, you know, working very selflessly to support our partners. And uh, I was just very proud of that. But again, we had to kind of change the way we, we, we reimagined the business. And, you know, a perfect example was, you know, when these, these healthcare workers, and boy, I'll tell you, they were just amazing and, and true heroes. Um, when they were in these hospitals working and they were working, you know, 15, 16, even longer days trying to care for COVID patients, you know, they didn't have time to go to the grocery store to go to, you know, a store to get food for their families. So what we did is we actually opened up little stores for them where we had toilet paper, which you couldn't get a lot of, and they could get lunch meat sliced and they could get grab and go items and, you know, home meal replacements to take home because they couldn't get to the, to the stores themselves because they were working so hard to take care of people. That's just a small example. But I mean, again, it, it really changed the way we, we do business and it, and it will forever. Well, I love that. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you on this show because you are such a heart-centered leader within your own business of Mets Culinary Management, but I also know that you extend that into the community, which I want to talk to you about in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the reasons I named this podcast Imperfect is all the leaders that I've interviewed, and, and this week we're coming up to 50 episodes, which I'm really excited about, we all have imperfections. So what imperfections, Jeff, do you bring to your heart-centered leadership? <laughs> well, a lot, I think, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I think, you know, when we, when we were in this process and, you know, it really, what I think we, we do better today than we did as it started was really the communication process. And, you know, as we kind of got into this thing and everything was, you know, like I said, I mean, decisions and things were changing hourly. And um, I mean, certainly every day we were getting new correspondence from the government, from our governor, from governors in all the 22 states we're in. And so we, we really had to kind of change how we did business. Um, you know, out of uh, abundance of caution, we, we took our home office support and uh, we had most of them work from home. 
And so, you know, where I think the imperfection for us was, you know, really, you know, the, the communication process and kind of like we're talking right now, Deb, you know, over a podcast uh, and we were talking a little bit earlier today over a Zoom call. I mean, we've got, we really perfected that. And I think that's really been a great tool for us to kind of communicate to the masses. Um, and, you know, I think when you have a, an organization like ours and we have over 8,000 employees in those 22 states and over 400 partners in different uh, types of businesses and industries, um, it got really tricky to really keep a solid line of communications. Um, and not only just with our team members, but also with our partners. And, and they were kind of looking to us for guidance about, you know, how we're going to support them in this time, how we're going to do things. And so, you know, just having our, my team members in the field and at the support center, it's just, I, I couldn't be more proud of the way that they would go out and communicate with our folks, um, making sure number one, first and foremost, are they okay? Are their families okay? Do they need anything? Um, you know, money, food, any kind of support. And, and we've given a lot of that support to, to our team members who, who need it. Um, but it's also communicating to the partners and making sure they have everything they need and, um, you know, com communicating with our, our vendor partners, which is extremely critical because, you know, food supplies were, um, you know, were being rationed and, and we have a great relationship with our, our main supplier, U.S. Food Service. And we were actually their oldest, longest, and I don't say oldest, though, their longest lasting partner. And so, you know, when we would go to them and say, hey, we need this, this, and this for healthcare, you know, or if there's an issue with uh, a hurricane in Florida, these guys are boom, boom, boom. They're right right there for us, uh, making sure we have everything we need to, um, to get to our partners and to their guests um, very quickly. And so, you know, I think, you know, those, you know, we would have, uh, you know, frequency of cadence of meetings where we would, you know, and, and Zoom calls to make sure everybody was on the same page. And my leadership team, uh, my sister, uh, Greg Polk, our chief operating officer, Cheryl McCann, our human resource uh, vice president, Brian Buffalino is our in-house counsel. All these folks, Rick Sell, who runs our, our restaurants. I mean, these guys all kind of worked together and really did a great job over communicating to our team, which started out, as you say, imperfectly, but it got better over time and it's continuing to get better. And, um, and I think to me, that was the big key uh, of the thing that we learned quickly that we needed to do way better. Well, that's phenomenal and, and what a great story. And it just segues beautifully into my next question, Jeff. You demonstrate such an exceptional level of heart-centered leadership as both an entrepreneur, uh, CEO of your family business, but you're also a community builder and a philanthropist. So share with me how you got involved with Share Our Strength and the No Kids Go Hungry organization. Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, and I think that's something we are so proud of. And it, and it starts with uh, our founder, uh, my father, John Metz, who um, started, uh, this is actually his second go-round in a company of this size uh, and magnitude. And he's certainly a remarkable man who's uh, very active in our business today. Um, and somebody who I take uh, a lot of great um, counsel from as I'm in my position. Um, and, you know, I think when he started this business, um, you know, it was really about taking care of people. And we got started really in the healthcare business. And he was a manager in, in, in healthcare um, and, and the food service healthcare operation. 
And that's how we got into this um, kind of food service uh, that we do. And it's always been about taking care of people, um, you know, feeding patients. And obviously when, if you're in a hospital, you're not in a great spot. So the one really good thing you have to look forward to is getting out of the hospital, number one, but also when you're in there, good quality food. And so, you know, so we think about it from that perspective, you know, taking care of people um, and, you know, that, that goes to our employees and we really kind of create this family atmosphere. And I'm not sure everybody feels that way, but our goal is to kind of make people feel like they're part of our family. And, and hopefully that comes across. Um, but it's also about taking care of the communities that we live in. And, you know, and I think uh, we're in so many different communities, which is amazing. And I'm so proud of the growth of this company. But I think it's very important that you have to give back in the communities. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things. We get requests for charities every day, and, and we do our best to meet every one of them. Um, but my sister and I and, and our family uh, really talked about, you know, going forward on the, what, what do we really want to get behind? And obviously, being a food company, um, it's about really taking care of people um, who can't feed themselves, who don't have the ability, uh, don't have uh, the wherewithal and uh, underprivileged children and people that uh, can't get food. We wanted to try to really focus our efforts on that. Um, and so, you know, we got involved with, with both of those charities you mentioned, um, uh, but it's something that's it's really kind of, it's in our heart to take care of people. Um, and believe me, we are not a greedy family. And so we really like to kind of give back to the community. Uh, we're doing a lot. We're doing some stuff right now in, a, um, in an organization up here in where our corporate office is in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, uh, called CEO. And what we're doing is we're actually donating stuff for Thanksgiving meals that are coming up for people that, that don't have the ability to do that. Um, we do at Roos Chris, which is one of our restaurants that we run in Wilkesbury, uh, Pennsylvania. We have a, a big golf outing every year. We raise mon money for dinners for kids, which is a local charity in our in our market. And we've raised this year, even with COVID, we raised $45,000, which is fantastic and takes care of a lot of people and a lot of meals. And so again, you know, I think this is kind of the way my father raised us, my brother, I have a brother in the business, uh, John Metz Jr. Um, and my sister, Maureen, who is in, in our family business here in Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, and obviously my father and the values that he's had growing up and really taking care of people and, and uh, it's kind of rubbed off on us and it's really become our mission and it's become part of our, our culture and it's in our values. And so, um, you know, the people that we try to bring on and be part of our, our family uh, businesses um, have those values and it's something we're, we're extremely proud of. So I appreciate you asking me about that. Well, we're so aligned uh, on this podcast interview because you've just led me beautifully into my last leadership question, which is about John Metz Sr. So yeah. this is wonderful. You're it's almost you're, like we rehearsed it. <laughs> and you know, we didn't. This is like a one take. There's been yeah. no practice here. Oh, man. <laughs> Your father is 80 years old now. He began he was, his career. He will not admit that. He, he will, will not. not. He, yeah, he's no, he's 80 not years sure. young. Yes. Oh, he is. Yeah. Started his career in the food service management industry in 1967. Mm -hmm. Has won a variety of prestigious awards. And you shared a little bit in my last question, but 
growing up with such an incredible father and seeing, you know, the true value of a heart-centered leader and entrepreneur, what do you feel are the top three traits that your dad has instilled in you that you've carried on the business with? Um, well, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he is a, uh, he's a remarkable man. Um, uh, we're very fortunate that um, uh, he's our father. He's really kind of led us uh, in the path of this food service. And, and he's just a very caring and giving person. And, um, but he also is very demanding and we need to live our values. We need to live the standards that we do. And, and hopefully I'm carrying on that same trait and hopefully my brother is and my sister is as well. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I mean, it's hard to tell you. I mean, I, you know, when you go to, when you grow up with him and, and he's certainly a very, um, very rare story, I think in our, in our industry, um, you know, he was, he, we finished high school. Um, he would probably tell you barely. Um, he never went to college and, um, you know, he was just a, just a hard, he's a hardworking guy, um, who has a, a zest for life and, and, and he's always asking questions and, um, and, you know, he, and him and I are, we work very well together. Uh, he works well with my brother and my sister. We're all kind of a very tight family knit unit. And, and it's because of kind of his grounding and kind of what he believes in. Um, you know, I think. What I look about early on watching him, um, you know, I think, you know, number first thing, and which is what we're all about is hospitality. Uh, he is, he's constantly, you know, checking to people's needs and, 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 you know, and whether it's a team member and he still does today when he goes in, he sits and he talks to people, you know, first place he goes when he goes in and, and I've kind of adopted this as well is the first place we go in, we'll go into the dish room and talk to the dishwashers and make sure they're good, make sure he's, you know, and then we'll, you know, work our way around. Uh, but, you know, th that's the kind of hospitality that I think, you know, we've built one of our values around and it's really kind of, um, it's, it's always stuck with us. Um, and and he's, he has a lot of integrity and um, he's always kind of lived his life like that. I think that's how we built our company is really around integrity and kind of doing the right thing uh, for our partners, for our employees, for our vendors. And it's something that, you know, we don't, we don't compromise on it, we're, we're integrity driven. We, we try to do what we say we're going to do. Um, and then, you know, I said a little bit earlier, I mean, he's, he's relentless on the details and, you know, and I think so that really drives the quality of our company and, and, you know, and I know it drives the quality of the work that our team members do here. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, I, I have that same kind of uh, relentless for the details. And I think uh, it's kind of, it's probably passed down in our genes, you know, and my brother and, and my sister have it as well. And, 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 and are we, you know, it's, I'm, I'm talking about my brother and my sister, but I mean, we have people here that have been with us since day one. And these people are our family members and they, they have the same values, the same drive that we have, which makes it really easy and kind of makes it really a cohesive team. Um, and it's something that, you know, it, it's what we, we build on. I mean, we, you know, that we don't have, you know, I have a few salespeople working. They do a fantastic job for us, but we're growing on our reputation and on referrals. And, and to me, that's so important that we're doing such a good job that one of our partners will say, you have to go with Mets because they, they deliver what they say they're going to deliver. They drive quality, they drive satisfaction. And, and to me, that is like the, the ultimate compliment. And, 
you know, again, that's really based on, on starting from my father. Um, and it, it comes down to us. And like I said, hopefully I'm probably, uh, I probably pale in comparison to him. I know I do. Uh, but I, hopefully I try to deliver the same kind of, of message to the team members that he's always kind of instilled in us, you know, and, and, you know, he, he just, he has us, he has us playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, and I think it's because the support he gives us, the love he gives our family and not just our family, but all of our team members. And, you know, honestly, this, this company is, is his third child for sure, or fourth child, I should say. And, um, and so it's, um, you know, it's something that we really try to take care of. We preserve our name is on this company. So we work extremely hard to protect our reputation, but we work even harder to protect the reputation of our partners and our team members. So um, it's something we're very proud of. And, and he's, he's truly a, 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 an amazing story that it's, I think it's rare that you see these kind of people, you know, not go to college and start companies, not just once, but twice that are, you know, in the top of their field in, in, the, in the country uh, and, and with such a great reputation. So it's something I'm proud to carry on. And I know my sister is, I know my brother is, and I have three kids. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're interested in the family business, but I hope they will be to kind of carry on what, what their grandfather started, so. Well, I think it's, it's legendary and I think it's beautiful. And I can just hear the, the amount of love and respect that you have for your dad. And, you know, I love that old idiom, the devil is in the detail. I remember my, my Irish Nana saying that to me, yeah. you know, to teach us the, you know, the mysterious elements that can be hidden in the details, meaning that, you know, we look at something that might seem simple at first, but if we take a little bit more time and a little bit more effort, we always can over deliver and especially in the culinary management business. So it's yeah. so neat to hear you recite that. And, and that's yeah. one of the, the guiding principles that your dad has taught you. So what a wonderful story. Yeah. I'm going to switch gears now and, and we're going to switch to the fab four and I'm okay. going to ask you four fun questions and it's whatever's just sitting on the top of Jeff's mind. Are you ready? Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're 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 in the food industry, so you got to be a foodie. So, question number one: What's your favorite meal, and why? Oh boy, I'll tell you. You know, honestly, my wife, my wife Susan's uh, really been a she's become a, a great cook at our house, and I think my favorite meal is her lasagna that she makes, and it is just it's unbelievable. I'll have to send you some to Toronto. There you go. It's made with love. That's why. It, it and, is. And there's nothing like a home cooked meal, right? It, it's absolutely true. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. We're going to create a new menu at one of your restaurants and I want you to name a new dish based on the year 2020. What would you call it and why? Mm. That seems like a loaded question. Um, oh boy. I think we'd make a little bit of a political potluck because there's a lot of stuff going on in our country right now that's uh, is very interesting times for us. And see, you didn't even struggle with that. Potluck's <laughs> good. You get a little bit of everything, right? A little bit of everything. <laughs> 
My third question, what advice would you give to a young adult about pursuing culinary management as a career? Well, I mean, I would, I would certainly encourage it. I mean, you know, this is uh, an industry um, where people really get, you know, it's kind of known as they get their first jobs in restaurants and, or, or the culinary side and, and then they go off and find a, a real job. But I'll just tell you, I mean, you know, I've, I've been in this for a long time. My father has, my family has, and, and it's something that you can really make a very meaningful career. And, you know, when you're serving people, you're seeing smiles on people's faces, you're, you are, you know, you're taking care of people in, in a hospital and feeding them, giving them that, those, those hours of happiness where they're not thinking about why they're in the hospital and, you know, college kids and you're, you're kind of creating this environment. Uh, it's very rewarding and, and it's something that, uh, you know, I like and, and I think that my advice to somebody would be is really pursue this business as a real career because it is one. And, you know, this is the, this is the kind of industry where, you know, we don't have, um, you know, we don't have holidays off and weekends off. That's our busy time. And so you really got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have hospitality in your heart and you want to take care of people. And with, not with anything and looking for anything in return, but really to make sure they have a wonderful experience, almost like you're treating somebody who's coming into your home. Um, and so, you know, that's the advice I'd be. I, I would give, I would say, just make sure that, you know, you have that hospitality in your heart, that you want to take care of people. And I promise you, if you work hard and you do the right thing, you work with integrity um, and, you, and you really focus on delivering great guest experience, um, and making people happy, it'll be a rewarding career for anybody. And, um, and it's something that, you know, it, it's like the American dream for our family. I mean, it, it's provided a, a life for our family that, you know, we're just so proud of. And it's something that we give back to our team members. And, and I'm just so happy we have a business that we can kind of let people grow and thrive and kind of bring their ideas, but also have a career path where they're um, you know, my goal is for our team members to retire with us and not to worry about money and worry about just, you know, having a good career with us. And, and, and so I think that would be my advice really just to, it's a wonderful career and it's, uh, it's a wonderful industry and it's, it's so big, but it's so small and it's really just a great kind of family of, uh, of people and, and something I'm, we're very proud to be in and very lucky to be in. Well, that's sound advice and, and you certainly are a great person to offer any kind of advice or mentorship given that you've spent so many years yourself and, and having the leadership of your dad. So great advice. My last question is, Jeff Metz, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, um, I'll tell you, I think, you know, when I look back at, you know, the career when, when I don't think I'll ever retire and, I'm, and I get that from my father and um, but I think, you know, just to be a good person and, and making sure that we have, you know, my wife and I have three beautiful kids that are, are working hard in, 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 in our environment, working hard and being good citizens. Um, and then also to have a, a company that people feel like they were able to grow in our business and, and have a career uh, and take care of their families. And there, nothing gives me more pleasure to see our team members growing um, you know, we have people in our company that started out as cooks or dishwashers that are now managers or district managers. And, um, 
really succeeding in life and enjoying their life. And, um, and I kind of feel, I feel happy that, that they've been part of our family. And, and um, you know, so I think if we can just continue on that path and continue to do the right thing, um, on a personal note of my wife and I raising our, our family the right way, but also in the company side, making sure that people feel like they're part of something bigger uh, and, and part of a company that cares, um, then I think I'm be pretty happy with that. And I think my father would too. Well, that sounds like an amazing legacy. And I think you're definitely on the trajectory to making that happen with the way you live your life and how you're running your company. So Jeff, it was so lovely to meet you virtually on Zoom and get to know you a little bit. And I just wanna thank you for sharing your heart and your time and your expertise and wish you nothing but the best uh, for the remainder of this year and forward with your company. Well, that goes for you too, Deb, and I appreciate uh, the time to get to know you and, and hopefully we can have some further conversations off, off this uh, podcast and uh, stay in touch. But I, I certainly appreciate uh, your time and uh, congratulations on all your success with the podcast and everything you're doing. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. And I like to end the podcast with my list of five things that I believe really help us live a purposeful life. Follow your heart have passion, do your best, know your truth, and remember to always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thank you for joining me once again on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.